Hey guys, and welcome to Get Life Podcast Kunai, and you're like, whoa, bish, why are you so energetic? Actually, I'm not, because I didn't sleep yesterday, because I'm at MCM Expo, whoa! Woo! And guess who I'm with? You're like, bish, is it Vuster again? Yes, it's Vuster again. We're here, not with Hank, because, you know, I don't know what Hank is doing. He's eating lunch. He's eating lunch. So, he could have brought his lunch here, <laughs> Jesus, Hank. <laughs> Hank, if you're listening, I'm sorry. We're here with Elliot and Tommy from Vuster. Hey there. And Hi. can you just yeah. say what you guys do? Sure. Like, so I'm Elliot. I'm the community and events manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work with Vuster. I'm online through uh, social media, just like Hank is. Yeah. I also deal directly with events. So I'm here at MCM London. Uh, I'm Tommy. I'm the curator and product manager for Omakase. Uh, the product manager is like the thing to put on my LinkedIn account, and the curator is the thing I do. So I decide what goes in each box mm-hmm. and also uh, i work with the uh, musical part the omakase experience and you know content is also something i weigh in on a little bit mm-hmm. uh, but primarily the physical merchandise awesome so i know you more elliot because uh-huh. of the uh ghost hunters thing okay but yeah <laughs> i saw that, we I like, that oh, video yeah. in toronto yeah it was quite um i don't know it was interesting and did, I tell, like, did I tell you why or like how that started? No, I I want to know. It is literally okay. So we check into our hotel. We go to Toronto for uh, Toronto Fan Expo. Mm-hmm. Um, we check in middle of the day. You know, we're just half tired. We go up the elevator, and there's another group of fans, and we just overhear them saying, "Hey, did you know? Did you know this hotel has a it's like a ghost on the on the eighth floor?" All right. And we're like listening to that. We get out of our room, and we're like, or we get up the elevator. And uh, we just say, is there? <laughs> so we go on Google. We look up, you know, is this, ho- you know, we look up the name of the hotel. If it's haunted. And yes, there, there's a whole Google page of uh, of uh, Toronto ghost stories Wow. on this floor. Because it's, it's one of the oldest uh, hotels in the city. So I think we didn't even say it. I think we just both looked at each other and knew that we had to do something with this. Because we were just dumb and tired. I don't know, like, when, when you guys were like, we're ghost hunters, and then, <laughs> and then um, I don't know, it kind of reminded me of this kind of weird Busa type Scooby-Doo thing going on. <laughs> like The whole time guy. we were like, is it, is it, because we've never done anything like that before, we just stuck mm-hmm. to very strictly anime stuff. Yeah. Um, so the whole time we were filming it, we were thinking, what are people going to say? Are we going to get fired? Are, is, <laughs> are we going to show us the off? And they're like, where the hell are we sending you to places? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was refreshing, it was quite hilarious, and that's... That's a great thing, especially doing stuff that's slightly on a tangent sometimes. Because <laughs> yeah. I know we do that, and people love it. That was my yeah, favorite. It was... <laughs> it was my favorite video we've ever done. That mm. was so dumb, I, and, I and a lot of people loved it. Somehow, I don't know. Um, we actually spent more time on that video than than the rest of the anime coverage Shouldn't because our that. first Being no now because so. <laughs> <laughs> the first time we did it, we filmed it at like you know we're like oh we got we got to do a ghost video properly mm-hmm. so we're gonna shoot it after midnight yeah but we looked at the footage after and we were like we look so tired mm-hmm. this is this looks so stupid also so we have to redo like, it jet lagged in two opposite directions yeah. in, you know, the weekend before that yeah. we did two different conventions the weekend before that i did anime california and hank was at pax uh pax prime in seattle so i don't know i think that just tells you we just did a convention so let's go to another one in canada and do different so in in terms of your conventions you just find a list online and say yeah we're going there or (laughs) you guys almost i mean you know certainly certainly we did if if you follow us on social you'll notice that me and hank um and the rest of our team has been going to a lot of conventions Mm -hmm. this season uh because you know omakase is brand new 
because Viewster is doing a much bigger push into the anime community. Mm-hmm. And so this just all falls into, hey, we want to be out there. We want to show that we're also genuine fans and that we also know the experience and that we're not just pushing a product that comes from the anime community, but, you know, we don't, you know, we just sit from our desks. No, I mean, you know, uh, we want to kind of get across even just, just you know, not directly. We want to get across that the, the things that come out in this box and this subscription title come from a real place of, of you know, fandom and love for the community because, like, we're down there on the ground floor, too. Mm. Yeah. That's what I like about Vista. Like, even today, I, someone noticed the, the microphone bag. Ooh, ooh. And they were like, oh, have you guys seen Hank and Elliot? And I was like... <laughs> But the thing is, it's so difficult to find you guys at the expo. Probably because the expo is big. It's huge. And there's like no cellular connection anywhere. It's true. I'm sorry. There's um, tons of cellular connections. There's tons, yeah. yeah. lovely. Every convention has this problem now. Especially no, it's true. With smartphones everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, you just get... Even when you have a good uh, connection on like a private Wi-Fi network, you have all the radios interfering with each other from cell phones that just sort of cancel out like other signals and stuff yeah so. you actually see that at professional booths you pay a lot <laughs> yeah. of money to get this wi-fi connection uh, for your stall and then if you hook it up to a wi-fi router that's just going to be half yeah good because your wi-fi is competing with everybody else's um you know wireless that's a nice uh, sort of comeback at least now if they're listening i know good to know good to know if anybody needs to ever run a stall just stick to uh stick wired to connections <laughs> so yeah, so as I said, lots of people were kind of looking for you guys. And, and the reason that is, is because you guys actually interact with the community. There's something I noticed, like, all hours of the night, people are like, oh, still tweeting. And I'm like, how the <laughs> hell? Did these guys not sleep or anything? Well, that's the benefit. Uh, Hank is in Berlin, mm-hmm. and I'm in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get to cover almost 24 hours. Not quite, but mm-hmm. we get to cover, you know, we get to cover both sides and, and all hours of the night. Um Actually, yeah, a lot of UK fans, obviously, a lot of anime fans are just up in the middle of the night tweeting anyway, so, oh, so when Hank is sleeping, I'll take care of them. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> so, let's not, like, delay here. We're here for a specific reason. Talk to to you guys about Amakase, and what, it, what is it, Tom? Exactly, for people that don't necessarily know what it is. So, I'll um, regurgitate the pitch I, I gave about <laughs> a thousand times a day at New York, right? Uh, yeah. So, Omakase is a curated lifestyle experience for anime fans. And that sounds like a bunch of bullshit when I say it. Mm-hmm. But basically, um, it really is something we're trying to do 360. So, yeah. we want uh, a merchandise box to be kind of the centerpiece. It comes every two months. Mm-hmm. And it has a distinctly curated feel. So we work with the licensors directly to produce original exclusives and find and source, you know, items that we think are really cool. Um, you know, so so maybe some smaller items that are out there that are really really neat that we really like, uh, as opposed to just you know key art on a T-shirt or um, you know grab bag yeah. bottom of the barrel stuff. And so that was the philosophy we went into the sort of merch part of the project with. And obviously, uh, since we're Viewster, our big, you know, uh, novelty there is also combining the streaming uh, at an ad-free level. Mm-hmm. So you get this premium streaming experience. Uh, now, granted, the content will vary by territory, but you get a premium streaming experience and you get the merch, you know, experience in the launch territories mm-hmm. and, and, you know, future territories, hopefully, mm-hmm. as we grow. And then on top of that, you know, we, we, we're talking about sort of these pillars uh, of omakase and we had streaming and we had merchandise and then we said okay um, we want to 
to really tie this in digital and make make something that you carry around in your pocket with you wherever you go. So we also are working on original comics and original music to sort of not just tide you over between merchandise boxes, but give you something that you can sort of take with you and live and, um, you know, really experience throughout. Mm -hmm. So I think for me personally, like creating an experience for people that keeps delighting them over and over again is like my my overall like major goal here. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I'm really excited about Omakase, even from, you know, obviously I work with a team on it, but even even if I didn't, if, even if I was just like from an onlooker, I'm really excited that Omakase gets to work with a bunch of new artists and community artists, like people that you would see at artist alleys at conventions or people that you see online on Tumblr or, you know, from, from some of your favorite indie games, things like that. Um, we work with them to make new art. We commission them for art that appears in the boxes. You get little prints, art prints in the boxes. Um, also, web comics, music albums. Um, we have a lot of stuff planned that we're just announcing over time, but that, that kind of comes with the digital part. Um, you know, with the web comics and, and uh, music albums especially, we'll be talking more about. Um, but I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. Like, nobody's really tapped into that part of, you know, because the anime community has a lot about also just creating stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even if you you or you, sh- you yourself are not an artist or a musician or a writer, um, you've definitely enjoyed fan art and fan works and all of this stuff, and you maybe just follow a bunch of people, uh, you know, online or on Tumblr or on Twitter or something like that. And, and that part of the community has very rarely touched the official, like, you know, company licensor part of the anime industry. And... I love that we're kind of bringing them together. That's awesome, actually, especially with this whole curated experience. Which, to be honest, I've seen similar sort of things out there, but it's kind of unique that this is, to my knowledge, like the first sort of thing for anime, which is, which is awesome because you know we need more cool anime stuff that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, um, I, there is some sort of sense of pride, you know, especially with <coughs> the stuff that we have here. Um, I would kind of feel kind of, don't have to explain it like the first box is the first official box is kill mm. a kill right so you know if i was reading the manga on the train or something and you know people looking at it and they're like oh that's so sick it's got like um what's it called uh, gold, 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 gold foil, foil. hardcover yeah yeah that's badass like you know it, it feels special and to know that not many people will have a chance to actually get this anywhere else yeah yeah i mean so we know anime fans in general, just like, you know, everybody's kind of a bit of a collector. They have figures and, and books and stuff like that. And when it comes to the stuff that you really love, you really want, like, the best of it, you know? Like, for the shows that I love, I get, like, the awesome box sets and stuff. Yeah. So we're hoping for Kill a Kill fans, this is this is awesome. Like, you know, you get to have the gold edition on your shelf. Yeah. Um, and even if you're not a big fan of Kill a Kill, it's really valuable. Maybe it's something that you want to give to a friend or something that you just keep mm-hmm. because... It just, you know, looks cool. Yeah. In regards to the curation of items, how does that process work? Like, what do you choose and how do you get the topics? Like, you know, for instance, Kill a Kill or the previous mm-hmm. Alpha Box, the mm-hmm. Miku Box. Like, mm-hmm. where do the ideas come from? Okay, so um, so as of, this, as of this interview, we have three boxes that we've curated for, right? We have the Alpha Box, which was a very, very early prototype. We actually only made a hundred of those, and that was really... Um, that was really like, okay, let's let's go through the motions of 
finding what exists out there, what we can create originally. Let's do a really, really limited test so that when we do a huge box, we don't, you know, make mistakes yeah. that we'd otherwise avoid. So that was the concept behind doing this Miku, Miku thing. It was like, let's kit and assemble 100 boxes ourselves. Like, we didn't outsource this. I shipped them all personally, mm -hmm. including yours. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I went to... Um, and I went to the post office, like, with all of these boxes <laughs> yeah. to just physically mail them out. And, I mean, the idea there was we want to we want to really uh, experience this from every possible level. So, you know, we purchased, um, you know, we purchased, uh, you know, a number of items we worked with. We love fine to create this promotional T-shirt. And uh, just, just to be clear, like, the Alpha Box featuring Miku was, like, 100 made total, um, completely limited, completely free. So, you know, it was just something we wanted to to get right yeah. in terms of all the motions and all the mm -hmm. all the the sort of uh, processes that go into it. And so then we wanted to kind of celebrate like, hey, we did this and send them out to a bunch of people that, um, you know, we we appreciated the, the support of or, you know, wanted to get the word out to or just generally mm -hmm. enjoyed the company of at any point. So, um, you know, then the second box that the beta box or beta box, as I'm hearing, on this side of the pond. Um, basically, we um, we wanted to also kind of reach out to the broader fan base and solicit, you know, opinions and perspectives. Mm -hmm. You know, we're sending out this text box, uh, test box. They actually all shipped this week. Yeah. And as of the interview, yeah. Yeah, as of the interview. So by the time people hear this, it will be several months out. But the second part of the process essentially was to ship this beta box and then um, send out a product survey, say, what do you think of these items? What do you of these items and tell us about what you want to see and i mean that's because even though we're on the ground and we actually love this stuff um i mean we've been into to anime for like our entire lives yeah i think since i was like 11 years yeah. old um i've been going to conventions for 16 17 years now <laughs> uh, i've been working them for 16 17 wow. years like i've been volunteering at them and, and helping to run events at conventions throughout california so um you know, even though I know what I want to see, I want to hear what everyone else, mm -hmm. you know, wants to experience. And I mean, not just in terms of like, tell me your favorite show and I'll make a box of it because I can't please everyone in that yeah. respect. But what kind of items matter to people? And something that I think is really interesting about the curation that emerged uh, in both of those those first two boxes and as we were working on the Kill the Kill box too, is this idea um, that in addition to, obviously, we want to do exclusives. That's just going to be appealing Right? Yeah. But in addition to that, it's like the the sly wink of the fashion items mm -hmm. really, really appeals to us. So uh, the example I always used um, was maybe 10, 15 years ago at this point, um, there were these like Fruits Basket t-shirts that were in, in all the stores and you would look at it and it would just have this cute like cat and mouse design on it. It yeah. looked like this like, there was one in particular that looked like this like old like Japanese ink painting. And you're like, oh, this is super cute. I have to buy this. And then I get home and I'm like, oh, it's a Fruits Basket shirt. I didn't know because it was so subtly, like, you know, so subtly presented that it was something that fans of the show would understand. Something that everyone else is like, wow, that's a cool eye on your yeah, scarf. Yeah, like you bought it because, <laughs> yeah. You bought it because it was already well designed, mm, not because exactly. it was an anime. Yeah, because the thing I like, there's a lot of, you know, obviously there's a lot of like anime merch out there. The ones that I don't like that much and i don't really wear personally are the ones that just like have the big name of the show yeah in huge font on the front of the shirt 
Yeah. It's like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, sometimes there there are restrictions like, yeah, you have to put the logo somewhere and, and a licensor is like, if you don't put the logo on it, no one's going to know. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's required. Sometimes it is required, but... Um, That's what I, we're going for for the scarf. I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, you could we could make, we could also package a Kill a Kill t-shirt that has like Ryugo on it or something. Yeah. But also, we want to do something original. It's like, Kiliko's all about clothing. Like, yeah. there's a lot to draw from. Um, so we eventually decided on the scarf thing because, like, you know, unisex, anyone can wear it. Mm-hmm. It's it's got this really iconic thing on it. Like, you know, the Senkatsu eye is just everywhere. If you've ever, if anybody who's seen Kiliko will recognize that. Yeah. And um, it's just it's kind of cool. I mean, it's like it's we were going for something that was an item that anybody could wear, whether you're a fan mm-hmm. of anime or not. And what I really like about it too is that it's it's um, I think the copy we wrote on the menu card, which um, is is a very important part of the curation too, actually, uh-huh. uh, describing each item and why we chose it and why we made it and why we love the show and, and all of that. I mean, we really actually tell pretty personal tales of, of why this connects with us in the, in the menu card. But um, the the thing I think we wrote for this was like, oh, you know, you'll look at you'll look at home in the club or on the Tri City School Raid. So it's like the appeal of this is I can wear this to the office someday or accessorize it when I go out, you know, and uh, you know, just sort of be rocking this cool design and have have muggles, so to speak. You know, exactly. Yeah. Be like, oh, that's cool. That's a great, you know, that's a great scarf. But then also you have the like, the like, oh, that's episode fourteen, nerds. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. can just like kind of wink at you and like fist bump. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's that's what I love about uh, in the Alpha Box, for example, we included the Wheel of Fine Hatsune Miku tie, which, yeah. um, you know, a lot of people are like, wow, I love that tie. It's totally like available for purchase on the Wheel of Fine website and everything. So, uh, but the tie we included was because of the same the same sort of idea of the sly wink or the like little little nod like yeah i get this but so, yeah i see you on the other side of the room you're cool yeah exactly uh, and like you could wear that to a meeting and someone would just be like oh look oh, at nice. that posh blue yeah. tie <laughs> so in regards to the scarf like i'm i thought it was pretty cool when i saw the scarf and i was like whoa although the only problem i have with it was how to wear it I know a lot of people are going to wear it in different ways. Some people wear it uh, like an ascot type thing. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to have it as a headscarf, uh, etc. I, I know a lot of people, from what I've seen on the hashtag Don't Lose Your Scarf, mm-hmm. a lot of people are doing ninja masks with it. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you guys expecting to have a lot of people just rolling around with ninja masks? Like, like this, or? Maybe, if they want to. Um, yeah. yeah, no, the scarf is like... It's, it, and it's it's actually really soft fabric. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Did we spec like when we designed it? Did we specify what kind of fabric we wanted it to be? Or well, this is pretty much based on whatever we could. Yeah, like, you for know, the like manufacturer. Because you know, there's like factory limitations yeah. stuff too. Yeah. So for the manufacturer in the factory, this was done through the uh, official licensed merchandise provider uh-huh. through Great Eastern. So they have certain fabrics that they can work with, but they're all pretty sheer and thin. So this was. This is kind of a fold over. This is maybe best done as like a fold over so that you have the like thickness of the eye. Yeah. But you could also kind of wear it in a masculine or feminine way. So. Because yeah. um, we're definitely going, you know, for for authenticity. Like the scarf as it appears in the show is, mm-hmm. it's a lot shorter and it kind of obviously like it just stands up on its own. So it's like a, it's yeah. like a really thick fabric. I but, mean, the only um, problem is you know that, you can't. It's, that's yeah. a lot harder to make. 
Yeah, you can't you can't quite make the eye stand up on its own yeah. on an actual piece of fabric. So this sort of this sort of meets it in the middle, and it, it's a fashion accessory that you can wear. Mm. But um, I've also seen suggestions from people that are like, oh, if I just bend like a wire hanger this way, I can get the eye to stand. Yeah, I don't know. We might we might work <laughs> with cosplayers to be like, hey, how would you how would you model this? Like you yeah. know, especially people who actually um, have experience with uh, mm-hmm. modifying fabrics mm-hmm. you know like cosplayers would yeah. yeah my favorite um my favorite picture with the scarf so far has been the sparkles in front of the brandenburg gate oh the, yeah um which is just like it looks like so it could cool. be it like super like an fashion. h&m ad or something <laughs> it's just like okay yeah i've seen that one <laughs> although uh, i think my one was the best one just saying <laughs> i like it i like it yeah it was um what else is going to be in the Killer Kill box? I'm guessing by the time everyone's listening, you would have got your Killer Kill box? Yeah, I hope so. I yeah. really hope so. Um, <laughs> so we have a mystery Mako item. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time everyone gets it, they'll know what that item is. But yeah. um, but the idea in keeping it a vague teaser, so it's it's basically um, the art on it is sort of Mako in her, Hallelujah! like holding the, yeah. the Ryuko yeah, yeah. hair strand out while she says Ryuko's name. And it's just a great design that we, we really liked. So uh, what we did for this item is it's actually uh, it's actually an early release of an item that will be available like maybe sometime next year. So that's another thing where Omakase subscribers get an early window on something that is, is you know, kind of slated to be on general release. Mm. But what's cool about it is that it's more of a household item. So without, um, without spoiling it for you personally, it's the kind of thing where, um, okay, we know the scarf and the the manga are really cool yeah right out of the gate you know what this is we want to like surprise and delight people a little bit too um so you it's know a little bit like we're because you know yeah um some of the other i guess like quality of item that we would include in the box is something that people would have for everyday use things that people would keep around mm-hmm. um and kind of just it ties into being a lifestyle item and something they just live with and then, you know, it's also nice to include, like, maybe a couple smaller items, like a little accessory or, you know, badges, i.e. buttons, mm-hmm. are um, really, really, like, just fun and easy and, like, really, like, people like them and they're delightful. So, you know, throwing in little small things like that also kind of rounds the whole package up. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the third big item, which is the mystery Mako item, uh, which everyone, again, hearing this will know what it is by the time this airs, but... The idea behind sort of teasing at that rather than just directly revealing it is that, you know, when we look at the curative experience, we also look at, you know, which will be more exciting to know in advance and like want to get that item and like, oh, I'm waiting for that scarf, I'm waiting for that yeah. book versus like opening the box and we're like, whoa, this is really cool. Yeah, I think when, when people see the Mako item in the box and pull it out of the box, they're, they're going to be surprised. Yeah. All right. Um, you mentioned this kind of element of teasing or surprise mm-hmm. would this kind of follow on for future boxes or is it just specifically for the kill kill box that you're going to have this sort of teasing my personal my personal goal is to find the balance between mm-hmm. what we reveal and what we don't reveal because mm-hmm. the big exclusive items we want to get the word out about them yeah um, right like like for naruto we've already you know we've already sort of teased at new york comic con which was two weeks ago as of this recording um we teased at the naruto announcement yeah. And we showed a gold Naruto Meninja figure, which is the exclusive to our box. So it's this like really cute, 
solid gold version of, you know, the Meninja toy line that yeah. was this sort of, you know, cute vinyl Naruto mm-hmm. figures. And so, you know, we've re- revealed that and shown that a little bit. And then there'll be, you know, some more Naruto items that we reveal as we go out. But I wouldn't want to reveal every single item because I want certain things to be surprises, certain things to be like really, really front and center. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to get this thing that <coughs> doesn't exist, you know, outside of us, yeah. then that's where you go. Especially early on. I mean, you know, yeah. not oh, a lot of people don't know. I'm a class yet or don't know history yet, and it's yeah. a good way to just show, hey, we've got we've got the goods. Like, you know, yeah. we legit we have something brand new. So we're getting we're gonna reveal that because it's you know, one, it's exciting, two, it's people pay attention to that. What I like about it is you mentioned that people might be listening to this, don't even know about Vista or anything right. like that. And this kind of attraction, you're attracting people to merchandise. And through that, because there's also the streaming service as well, without without any ads, and I think soon to be uh, HD streaming mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of you're getting them on board as well, because you know it's like, oh wait, it's free. I might as well yeah. use that instead of streaming illegally, which is a nice incentive, I think, because mm-hmm. it's better. You know, you're supporting the, the peeps that make the anime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're all about that. I mean, like, you know, it, it also ties into the fact that all the items are things that we work directly with a licensor for. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other subscription boxes there and merch boxes out there, and they don't always... Like, you know, sometimes you actually get stuff that, that might be bootlegged. Um, and that's yeah. a shame. Like, yeah. you, you know, we want to make sure that the, the anime companies who, who make these things that we love actually get the proper credit and... You know, for, for all the things that, that get sold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, that's good to hear. So if anyone's listening, none of this stuff is bootleg. And I can mm-hmm. confirm that because I saw it on the scarf. There's like like logos and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a keen eye there. Um, now we've spoken about Amaka saying things like that. Um, what are you guys watching at the moment in terms of anime? I know you guys are busy with expos and work and... Yeah, all that boring. Anime is still important. <laughs> this season, I'm watching One Punch Man. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. I read the manga. Uh, I'm not caught up on the manga, but One Punch, One Punch Man is really cool. Um, the, the the idea of it is like it's sort of like a you know fighting shonen series, but just from the start, the the main guy he's just like he looks dumb. He's bald, mm-hmm. and then he has like yellow jumpsuit, red cape, and he just you know like he's drawn to be not looking serious. But from the very first episode, he's already the strongest man in the world. Wow. So he could just... So his deal is that, like, when an enemy comes, like, let's say a monster comes and, and, and destroys the town, he just punches them once, and then he die. the enemy dies, and the one-punch man is just like, why am I doing this? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is so easy! What's the effing point? <laughs> um, so then it kind of evolves into, like, this this whole superhero thing where you know, the city, the, the metropolitan city has its team of superheroes, has its Justice League sort of thing, but nobody takes this guy seriously, nobody's ever heard of him because he never gets press coverage, because anything that, that comes his way, he just dies immediately yeah. so nobody knows who he is, he's the strongest man in the world, but nobody's ever heard of him because he just looks dumb, and is just like so strong that, you know you don't get the epic fight that gets covered on the news, he just kills a monster nobody's ever heard of so it's a really it's a comedic show mm. with a lot of really awesome action. Actually, if if you're into the action sequences and like Kill a Kill or anything like that, you should check out One Punch Man. It's got a lot of really good animation. 
What about you, Tommy? What have you been watching, if you've been watching anything? It's been, like, a pretty tough couple of months. So, mm-hmm. um, the I, I pretty much, like, shotgunned Love Live at the start of the summer. <laughs> like, just, like, one <laughs> long slog through and, like, you know, Did watching... Did you enjoy it? I mean, it's... Yes. <laughs> yes, but... You're, you're hesitating. What's going on? Tell okay. me right now. So, I mean, the thing about Love Live is that you watch it and you, like, objectively know the whole way through that, like, the story is, you know, maybe, like, not a story. It's just, like, there's no plot. Right. Throughout. Like, there's it's no an excuse conflict. for, like, you know, the girls to be cute and sing yeah. cute and stuff. Yeah, but also the girls are being, the girls are being cute and singing songs and stuff, so you can totally, can totally just, like, work out while, like, just kind of, like, do push-ups. You just and, leave it in the background. Yeah, no, it's a perfect show to have on while while you're doing stuff, and then mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, Nico's done it again. <laughs> like, who's best, your favorite? Uh, well, like, okay, so who's my favorite, yeah. or who is best girl? Cause, like, oh, no. Tell us both. Tell oh, us who's well, okay, best like, girl. Nico's, Nico's my favorite, and yes, also best yeah. girl, and also worst girl, but, like, <laughs> objectively, Nozomi okay. is best girl. <laughs> Like, I'm judging I, you really hard. I was working on like a survey. Like I, I had like a secret question in our product survey. Mm-hmm. It was like, who is best girl? And it's like, you know, is it, is it Ellie? Is it Maki? Is it Nico? And then I'm like Nozomi. And then I'm like, still Nozomi. And like, why are there other options when Nozomi is on this list? <laughs> we I mean, know. also Nozomi creeps me out. But I mean, just objectively, <laughs> objectively speaking. Um, but yeah, also I watched, uh, I watched, I can't understand what my husband is saying, Oh, which mm-hmm. is like great when you're super busy because every episode is like three minutes and maybe 20 minutes of content packed into those three minutes. <laughs> so it's really delightful and, um, really delightful and like sweet. It's like surprisingly sweet. Yeah, I, feel like for... I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. So, uh, I enjoyed both of those a lot lately. Um, I also like have marathon kill a kill, uh, like over the course of putting this together because mm-hmm. um even though i'd seen it many times yeah. i wanted to really like uh re-familiarize myself with every single element of it to sort of get into that now i don't think i can rewatch all like 900 episodes of naruto but you know it's kind of when <laughs> we're when, yeah it's similar when we're getting to when we're getting to put something in an omakase box i want to experience it firsthand and mm-hmm. really like go go hard on it so you mentioned that best girls I, I, this is something <laughs> i'm just gonna put that there all right no i mean nico is my favorite nico, i love nico nico, nico is, is great nico is my girl of choice see and my best girl mm-hmm. and also a trash can <laughs> why, is that? why do you think nico is a trash can that's what i wonder sometimes huh nico's a little leaner yeah sometimes. no yeah, but that's Nico's a little wiener. I think I, I like it. Nico's the best character mm-hmm. by far. Um, but she, there are Nico haters out there. there oh, so yeah. many. They're crazy. <laughs> but I mean, like, also... But I get it. Yeah, I get it, too. I get why like, Nico can be, like, annoying. No, yeah, she's she's <laughs> annoying. But, but she's that's all, what's appealing about she's her. Also, <laughs> she's also basically supporting her her three, like, trash siblings. I know. Like, her parents are absent. She just <laughs> wants the approval of, like... <clears throat> Just wants the approval no, of everybody. It's, and she it's, works the hardest. Nozomi and, and Ellie the are the two moms. Yeah. And then Nico is like the weird adopted big sister who came in from another country kind of thing. Yeah. Except like... It's like the weirdest explosion. <laughs> yeah, no, that's weird. But that's their big, that's the big love life family. I guess, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, something you mentioned was that you don't see the parents. You actually do 
No, you do. No, you, you do need to I want to know how, if the mum looks like all the other kids, and what does the dad look like? I'm I'm confused. I'm not. Yeah. I they never show it because like like, going on. like there um, are no men in the Love Live uh, universe. Uh, don't with it. Uh, Horoka, you never see your dad's face, right? right? Don't see, yeah. I don't see any of the male characters. It's quite weird. They just don't exist. <laughs> kind of like Kaon as well. It's like yeah. you don't see any male. Well, you see no, you see one, well, you see male characters. You see, like, uh, what's the name? His brother. That's it. Yeah, only male characters. Yeah. It's funny, in season one, they, I remember they had, like, you know, background shots of just some guys walking around in, like, the class shots. By season two, there's just no guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no. <laughs> That's the thing. Um, speaking of that, I noticed you guys have both K on season one and two in America mm-hmm. and Canada. But not in the UK. I know. It's, it, it kind of upsets me because it is upsetting. to this I moment, there's actually no way you can legally watch K on. Really? Hmm. Unless you oh, buy gosh. the DVDs. That's the only way in the UK. Um, if anyone knows, tell me so that I can actually go and watch Kayon. I do have the DVDs, but mm-hmm. it would be nice to stream. Because, yeah. no. you know, I'm not going to bring a DVD player with me all the time. Of course. Um, another thing, speaking about that, was Toradora. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty, pretty excited because since the last recording with Hank, I was like, Hank was suggesting some stuff that might be similar to Toradora. And I was like, Hank, you know what? Unless there's Toradora on Vista, I'm not going to listen to any Ooh. of your suggestions. And it happened. Ooh. And you probably saw me going crazy over yeah. social media. I'm not sure if I had anything to do with it. I liked that <laughs> I did. It was all you. It was all you. 100%. Um, but how does that kind of work in terms of licensing something? Like if someone says, okay, we want this in this country, how mm-hmm. would you guys go about doing that? So that's really interesting and pretty tricky because basically the way streaming licensing and merchandise licensing work are vaguely similar, but totally different players and totally different territories and totally different uh, countries. So, like, that's why, you know, we have the Omakase territories, you know, sort of where they are right now. Certain licensors, you know, are like, yeah, go ahead in these territories. And, you know, then maybe a different company has it in, like, one place, and that's that's a challenge. And yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you got to remember, like, you know, yeah. these, the, the, the anime gets produced in Japan <laughs> by, like, let's say, a studio or TV station. Mm-hmm. But then when, when it gets... When it hits another country, it has to be owned by a separate company. And sometimes it's, you know, a division of that same yeah. Japanese studio. But a lot of times it's not. Sometimes it's just like a local company, yeah. um, like a TV, another type of like TV station or something like that in, yeah. in that local country. So, so the territories are divided up in really interesting ways, too. And they're generally not just country by country, although sometimes they can be. Sometimes you have like one player in one country who will secure it in there. So like France is a really good example. France mm-hmm. has a ton of, of you know, big players and, you know, they, they have a really big anime market. So they just have it in France, but mm-hmm. you might have something more like uh, UK Ireland is a, a single region or like, um, you know, the German speaking countries or Benelux being like, um, you know, Belgium, Netherlands, Luxembourg kind of ring. Mm-hmm. Um, you have these, these sort of interesting carve outs. Uh, sometimes you get North America, sometimes you get USA only, sometimes you get Canada only, or Canada UK only, which, um, you know, we've had a few a few things recently where, like, that's just where, you know, whatever licensor or whatever, um, you know, company we're working with on that particular deal can do that territory. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes it's not because, oh, yeah. we didn't fight hard enough to get these territories. A lot of times it's literally the, the company that has, that has the the legal rights to show uh, an anime yeah. only has it in certain places. Um, and sometimes 
it's not a matter of you start talking to the licensor. Sometimes the licensor talking to the original Japanese provider, or you know, somewhere in between. Yeah. It's so weird because there's so many different points yeah. of contact, and 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 just media ownership itself is really weird. Like this question usually, you know, wouldn't have come up in the past because before digital streaming, because it was just like, oh, how do we how do we want to distribute this this show, this TV show, or this anime on on DVD? Yeah, and it's like okay, that takes such a long time. Yeah. That will work it out over a long period of time. But with, now with streaming, digital, like, that just propped up so recently. Yeah. And and definitely, like, license, licensing laws and media rights laws and stuff like that, uh, as with a lot of digital stuff, ha- might not have caught up in some ways. Yeah. And, I mean, the agreements are all um, really, you know, uh, piecemeal and specific for yeah. each title or for each territory. So you might have one, you might have one situation where okay, this show is non-exclusive here, but it's exclusive to X company here, so we can have it in, you know, like, YZ <laughs> countries or territories. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's a, the roundabout way of saying, like, yeah, I'd love to have K-On! in the UK. Yeah! No, I really wish we could <laughs> have, like, everybody watch K-On! Yeah, I mean, um, you but know... sometimes it's, like, not physically possible. Maybe. We'll, or not we'll physically, dig. But, we'll you know, see not what we can do. Possible. We'll see what we but, can uh, do, but... Um, yeah, whenever there's something we can do about it, we... We will definitely we do definitely try but yeah i mean it, it's it's all dependent on that so that's why you know when you're when you're watching viewster in germany you know you have a very different catalog than yeah. when you're watching viewster in the uk or the us and um goes without saying that uh we've been trying very hard to build catalog in the us um and there's a lot of big players there mm-hmm. so you know we don't necessarily want to compete head-to-head and like you know try and, and get into bidding wars over like the, the latest season stuff on every single title, um, which kind of also, um, you know, that's, first of all, that's really difficult, but also really plays more into our omakase philosophy to be looking at where can we find something that's really curative, something that had a good run that we liked a lot or something that we feel is really strong or maybe even a classic that we want to mm-hmm. revive and give new life to. Mm-hmm. So, Because, I mean, simulcasts are great. I love being able to watch stuff as it appears in Japan, but um, you know, if you think about it, also from a, from the provider side, they're a huge gamble because you're paying a lot of money for something that you nobody knows if it's good yet. <laughs> nobody knows like you could you could pay a ton of money to get it stuff that's like to just have it first thing in 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 English or whatever. But maybe it's something that nobody ever watches because it just bombs. Um, but you know, you got to balance that because there's also stuff that people want to see right away. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. It's it's all a really like messy and interesting thing, and um, I have to say like one of our one of our strengths is that we're all over the place. Sure. That's also why this gets so complicated. But we really like those tricky licensing challenges where it's like, oh, uh, this company in the U.S. does this type of merchandise, and this company in Japan has a license for a thing, and this other company in the U.S. has that same license, and maybe nobody's talking to each other, but we can be the bridge between that. It's just going to take a lot of it's going to take a lot of uh, a lot of work to make that happen. But that's the kind of challenge that um, that our licensing team actually really enjoys because they, you know, have been in the anime industry for a really long time. And this is, you know, a, a little bit of a step above me and what I do. But they'll they'll be super excited to have a conversation about you know doing something that other people might think is impossible. Yeah, you know. And I think that uh, some of the themes we'll have for Omakase and some of the titles will be able to sort of 
uh, showcase and curate mm-hmm. are are going to reflect that. You know, like it may not be like a, a super huge simulcast lineup or anything like that, but it is going to be very, very like uh, license rescues, revivals, interesting showcase pieces, and things yeah. that you know maybe people didn't expect us to get, but will still be delighted by. One thing that I was wondering was obviously I'm a subscriber to like I say and you get that stream. I'm very focused on the streaming thing because that's it's, fair. It's, it's very that's totally fair. It's a big thing for me. So let's say I go to America or a different region. How would that work? Would I get the same sort of stuff from my region? Because I had to obviously state my region when I'm mm-hmm. when I'm filling out the yeah the form. So, so that's how the tricky that part. Um, your region is going to determine your merchandise. Um, merchandise like shipping cost and yeah. address basically but uh when you're in even if you're a uk subscriber when you're in the united states or let's say you go to a territory where Vuster streams you know with ads in let's say uh right now let's say germany which is actually where we have a huge office too so let's say you go to germany and um you want to watch you know Vuster, you know ad free there we don't have the omakase rights to stream ad-free on maybe certain titles in Germany or anything like that. So uh, now, if we expand into Germany in the future, that changes. But you'd basically get the perks of whatever is happening in the country your IP is from. So you come to the US, you're going to get to watch the titles we have in the US for Omakase, you know, ad-free, of course. But, um, you know, for me personally as a subscriber right now, if I come to the UK, I'm going to see different titles uh, ad-free, you know, and, and... then I'll get the U.S. box shipped to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, view, it, viewing it restrictions on depend the region on you're watching you'll... from. Yeah, okay. viewing restrictions will depend on just where you where is the actual internet yeah. that that this video is piping in from. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you kind of see that in other places. It's like mm-hmm. occasionally you see those those videos on YouTube. It's like maybe a Japanese music video, and it says like you don't have the rights to see this in your region. Yeah. Um, but if you were to go to that same link and you know fly to Japan, go to that same link, it would work. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's more of that's just more of like a, a licensing rights thing. That's just how it works, as opposed to how uh, Omakase works. Yeah, because if we were to, you know, we wouldn't want to be in a situation where if you go to the U.S. and we're streaming something we only have in the U.K., you know, you may be a U.K. subscriber and a U.K. citizen, but if you go to the U.S., if we were to show you that video, we'd be violating someone else's license. So mm-hmm. we can't we can't necessarily um, just sort of make it uh, region free or anything like that. Yeah. So I wish. <laughs> no, I know. It would be wonderful to just be able to watch anything anywhere. I know. But, um, basically, it's um, th- that's a restriction of sort of the way streaming technology works and has to be licensed. So, per IP address, basically. Yeah. Okay, so in re- I forgot. Just, I was <laughs> going to go say something, and I was just like, oh, wait, bitch, you're not going to say it now. Um, Nico's best girl. <laughs> Nico's best girl, yeah. <laughs> now I remember. Um, never forget. Never forget. I'm just gonna probably insert some sort of really cool <laughs> elevator music right now. When I'm trying to figure out, we'll probably cut it out. Uh, <laughs> that's probably gonna be on the Houston Music Service. Yeah. Like the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> just you singing, actually. Yeah. Oh, speaking about that. Okay. Um, let's talk about that. You mentioned before that you're gonna have some exclusive music. Sort mm-hmm. of thing. So how would that work? So, how would that work? Um, we, um, we're working really hard on developing a sort of um, 
you know, answering the question of how do you carry this with you in your pocket. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the, without without sort of revealing too much, there's a very, very high likelihood that there would be an app opportunity, uh, you know, an omakase application on your phone you carry with you yeah. that basically would have that music attached, have the video that you get attached, have the comics attached too. So you would have this sort of, um, you know, e-reader, e-listener, uh, streaming, you know, lifestyle in your pocket. And we're, we're looking at, okay, how do we really connect with the user and make them feel special as they carry this around with them too. Now for the first few music projects though, we're going to be doing a much more simplified like digital delivery, you know, hey, thanks for thanks for subscribing, here's here's something cool to tide you over. Yeah. Uh, if and when we do a more app-based op opportunity, you know, for subscribers, that would be just part of the catalog that they could access immediately too. But uh, right now it would be like, you know, you get a link if you're subscribed in this specific now our first uh, featured EP, we're aiming for one EP a month, basically. So yeah. we would be working with musicians from, you know, from the anime community. This is a pretty important distinction to make. So, you know, it, we could just buy some music catalog and include that in there. Mm -hmm. But uh, we feel like the best way to sort of bring in this sort of sense of fandom community and anime, anime community is to work with artists who came from this community or work with this community. So. For example, our launch our launch um, EP is going to be Christina V's debut, a voice actress, um, North America. Uh, yeah, she did Homura in did the Homura. Uh, Madoka Magica dub, mm -hmm. and Sailor Mars in Sailor Moon Crystal dub. Yeah, and a bunch of other stuff. She worked in like Pokemon. Yeah, she's and... been in League of Legends. Oh she's yeah, yeah, she's she's probably Riven. really well known as Riven in League of yeah. Legends. And also, uh, she's in Blast Blue too. Oh yeah. She's uh, Noelle for a million. <laughs> oh wait, she's Noelle. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, Noelle in Blasler. So I mean, and she's also though before that even before her voice acting career like kind of took off, she was making these really cool like anime Sorry, cover songs. Anime English cover internet. songs. Yeah. yeah. Was, like she she did one for Haruhi before I even know, knew who she was, and I was listening to that a lot. The Haruhi uh, Suzumiya uh, opening song. Yeah. So I mean, we're not going to release a cover album of hers, but it's going to be all original, yeah. produced by uh, DJ Bush, who's a really cool electronic music producer from the Bay Area, also a programmer, really gifted programmer. Um, basically, we, we have this sort of opportunity to have her real debut offering exclusive to our subscribers. And, um, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a window on that. I want musicians that we work with to also be able to release their, their stuff. So. Yeah. There's a window with Omakase subscribers where they get it, and then much later, the artists put them out. And you can buy them from the artists directly. They retain the rights to their music and stuff because yeah. it's really important to us as, <coughs> as also like creators that people be given a fair shake on you know their assets and their, their music especially. So, um, then uh, I'll give you a sneak peek. <laughs> the audience will know by the time this goes. But tomorrow at the MCM panel, we're going to announce that. We are also, uh, you know, the early 2016 featuring a, a new EP from Sparkles from mm -hmm. Area 11. Um, so basically he's he's pitched this kind of like unique and fairly serious like concept album, like sort of. Uh, yeah, I said it was inspired by like a strip to Japan. Yeah. And, and, and inspired by a lot of like sci-fi kind of like 80s music. Yeah. <clears throat> like Blade Runner and stuff. Yeah. So um, it sounds really cool. It's it's really exciting. And um you know, it's great to be working with him. He's certainly one of the UK's like most prominent and, and 
one of my favorite like fandom bands or like uh you know i i call it um i'm gonna borrow something from uh steven savage here he does a lot of panels in california he calls it like the fan to pro mm. uh like <laughs> I, I call it like a pipeline essentially like uh-huh. you grow up surrounded by this and you love this so much and you just experience it and it becomes a part of you and in this very like you know meaningful and emotional organic way and then you start to create because it matters to you and so you maybe um you create podcasts you create um you know you create this whole thing around exploring your fandom but also giving back to it and you know that was how i really uh you know, personally, I do music. Yeah. I have a degree in music. I've done different music scores before coming to this. So um, I got to work on a lot of uh, Namco Bandai projects. For me, that was like dream come true of, you know, I grew up surrounded by video game and anime scores. Mm-hmm. Like my idols growing up were just as much like Yoko Kano as Stravinsky. So for me, when I got to come back and start creating content, start doing something for things that I had grown up on it was it was an amazing feeling but that is you know kind of a vein we want to tap into people like Christina V or Sparkles who created because they they loved this you know material in particular yeah a lot of stuff kind of coming up coming from that perspective too mm-hmm. like me personally I before I did V-Stern before you know I've always also been going to conventions all the time but I worked as a freelance photographer and um the probably the place I honed my my photography skills the most is doing cosplay shoots. Um, you know, just going to conventions and like either asking people who had really cool costumes or just like friends of friends if I would do their photos and I would just get to experiment and do really cool stuff um, and then take that to like a professional level. But yeah, it kind of comes from that same place. It's like when you're surrounded by so much cool stuff, like cool visuals and, and all of this experience that you see in anime and even all the stuff that surrounds anime. Um, for a lot of people, you know, it's 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 easy to see. A lot of people are really inspired by that, and they take that into their into their professional jobs, like whatever it may be. All right. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to know a couple of quick questions that I think that really doesn't really matter, and I'm just nitpicking here. <laughs> yeah. But in regards to the box itself, like the actual box, mm-hmm. is it going to be shipped within a box, or is it going to be just shipped as the box itself. It is shipped as the box itself. Yeah. So, you know, that... If you see, like, the previews of the blue box, mm-hmm. um, that's what we ship out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Have you seen the, the yeah, blue I've boxes seen them, yeah. personally? So, we, we are aware that, you know, shipping is hard on boxes. Yeah, so, yeah. the outside is this very nice solid color blue. It's going to get a little bit banged up as it ships. <laughs> and that's kind of the unfortunate reality of shipping. Um, but they're, you know, they're good boxes. But they're good boxes. <laughs> they're solid. They're really, and, like, sturdy. And are, I mean, they're also somewhat reversible. So the inside of the box is, uh, like, our, our designer, Eddie, uh, we worked really closely on sort of how do we create an experience that feels really, like, proper and premium. And one of my inspirations was the, like, the Murakami-Louis Vuitton collaboration, the Kashi Murakami, um, specifically, where you have these, like, really pop art, otaku-inspired designs, but wrapped in this very, like, kind of, uh, kind of stoic <laughs> packaging. Yeah, super like. So you open the bag. You open the bag, and you get this <coughs> vibrant pattern mm-hmm. on the inside. And that's the way we want to sort of make the boxes yeah. feel. So and like I think it's not too much to reveal, but like the Naruto one, 
is going to have a different pattern that's specifically for okay. Naruto. So it's um, going to change. Depending yeah, yeah, on what exactly. So like the box design is going to change. Yeah. Now our our standard is still you know omakase pattern. We have these really cute like vibrant icons. Each one is meant to like symbolize a different genre. I mean, icons not the right word. I would say they're pictographs uh-huh. <laughs> specifically, but they they sort of evoke different genres um, and and different sort of generalized feelings, uh, and they work together in like this sort of multicolored pattern. Um, so with Naruto, for example, we were able to work with um, TV Tokyo on yeah. you know using elements from the yeah, show actually, itself. Yeah, actually, yeah, we use we use, we use like iconography from Naruto. Yeah, and so just like our own stuff, but yeah. like. Pretty cool. Like I don't know. I if when people get these boxes, we also kind of hope that they like them too. Like yeah. they they treat them as much as a collectible. Yeah. All right. Because obviously the um, the alpha box was just a standard box. Yes, that's right. Yeah, just like um, a plain white box. Another and that thing just because, I wanted to know yeah. was that on the bottom, because this is something I noticed mm-hmm. on the bottom of the box, it had like a list of everything that was inside. Obviously, for mm-hmm. when you're shipping stuff, you have yeah. to mm-hmm. tell customs what's inside yeah. it. Oh yeah. Is that something that is going to continue. Or? That's probably going to happen. So yeah, uh, I mean, that just, <laughs> it ruins a little bit. You have to tell you have to tell customs what goes inside. So for the UK and Canada uh, subscribers, please don't look at that <laughs> list until you open the box. You'll have a better time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it but, gives it away, but that's just law. But I mean, yeah, we have to tell them what's in there. Um, but it may be something. Uh, you know, maybe like a generalized description mm-hmm. uh, to the effect of like you know toys. Okay. Two, right, right. Like so it doesn't tell you what's in there. Exactly, one, but it's like, oh, or scarf times, times one, yeah. fashion accessory times one, or something like that. So, so it um, doesn't really give anything away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we won't say. Hopefully, we won't say on the actual box itself. Like you know, limited edition <laughs> scarf. <laughs> you're like, but, oh man. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it would it would do everyone it would do everyone some good to just uh, avoid reading that form <laughs> when opening their box. The American boxes don't have that. No, it's a customs requirement. So yeah. the American boxes will just come with the shipping information. Mm-hmm. And that would all be on the box, like a shipping label on top of the box? Or? Uh, so what we're looking at in terms of the design is we really want the shipping label uh, on the box. Yeah, bottom. we designed a space for the shipping label to go so it's not ugly, basically. Yeah, yeah so the top of the box should have... Then this this is up to uh, kind of the way... The shipping company handles it too, so yeah, maybe like a few, you know, we're not maybe a few things out of our control. Yeah, obviously, we're not putting labels on ourselves. But the top of the box has like the the omakase sort of um, uh, icon or, yeah. or whatever this sort of box on a sushi geta, which is an important kind of symbolic. Mm-hmm. You know, here's here's an experience, here's a gift, and an experience that's being presented as carefully as you know you would experience the chef's choice at like a really posh sushi restaurant. Mm-hmm. So. That's um, you know, that's the guiding the guiding metaphor behind our product anyway. So we really wanted to convey that, but it's just right at the top, like the seal that, uh, you know, hopefully you just open the box with the shipping label on the bottom and out of sight. So, <laughs> well, that's good. So that's uh, that's what we're aiming for at least mm-hmm. in the experience. The it's funny, like, we have so much to talk about like how a, things get shipped. Yeah, we have so much to talk about just the like reason a box. I'm, the reason I'm bringing it up was because I saw the. When I flipped the box over, uh-huh. that's where I saw the, the uh-huh. custom stuff. And then when I saw it on the top, the um, Royal Mail, if you're listening, oh dear. <laughs> very upset because they they covered the box and like other stuff, and I'm like, oh, no. no. It's like, it was kind of, it put me off a bit. Even the, because um, I know you guys put like a sticker 
uh-huh. where the box closes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they've just slapped a Royal Mail label on it <laughs> and like some stamps. I'm like, oh my god. But you know that's. Um, but I, mean, so I, I think with I think with the professional boxes because like the the Miku Alpha boxes they were just yeah, yeah they were just boxes, plain boxes because yeah. you know, it was easy for us yeah. to to get together. And I mean um, we also had the blue to ones ship those ourselves. Ourselves, yeah. So we went to blue the ones we office. get printed. Blue ones we get printed and they're much sturdier. And I think well I don't know I don't know I, you never know how Royal Mail is gonna handle something but yeah. but like it's kind of like it's a little bit more obvious. Well, also, slap stuff on. Also the the actual. Like for purchase boxes are going out through DHL, so hopefully oh. DHL will treat them a little better. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's good. That's right. So um, if you you guys can complain to DHL instead of the Royal Mail, if they come <laughs> busted up. To, to be honest, um, I'm not a big fan of the Royal Mail because they. I don't think anyone is. The thing is, it used to be owned by the government. Now it's been yeah. sold off. So um, I'm a bit of politics. Here, but, um, <laughs> the Tories. <laughs> I can't believe you're ringing me. Anyway. I think that's the end. I think that's the end. Is there any last words that you guys are going to say? I'm not going to kill you here. Don't, don't worry. I don't know. They I mean, did mention that the door doesn't open once it's closed. <laughs> we're so stuck here. So we can just have like we a four-hour podcast. Yeah, we, no four-hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Marathon. fine. But any any sort of last words before we end this? Um, I don't know. I uh, I like this is my first time at MCM London. I really mm-hmm. like it. Um, it's huge and it's it's really exciting. Um, actually. Yeah, I will say one thing I really like about going to conventions is, is seeing, you know, you get to see, like, the crowd in, in different cities, different countries, different regions. But what's exciting is that, like, everyone kind of just likes the same stuff. And that's really reassuring. Like, you know, every convention I see a lot of the same cosplay and a lot of, a lot of the same fan art and stuff like that. And, and in a good way. Like, it's really cool to know that you have this connection, this unspoken connection with anyone across the world. Because anime, like, you'll inevitably find someone who likes the same exact things as you and that's like really like heartwarming you know mm-hmm. yeah mcm um it is nice in that you know we're used to going to conventions but uh primarily north america where we're based so this gives us a, a really strong sense of being part of a more global community and you know that is a very humbling and a very wonderful feeling yeah and also Nico for Prime Minister. <laughs> that needs to be a hashtag. Um, so yeah, just some general housekeeping just to end the episode. Guys, if you want to go and buy yourself an Amakase box and you live in Canada or the UK or United, United States. States. <laughs> United States, I keep on forgetting about that. The thing is, we have, <laughs> the thing is a, lot of, a lot of us, our team is... Half of them are from the United States. Half of them are from UK slash Canada. So it's kind of this kind of Queens versus, you know, America type thing. <laughs> so we have this kind of discussion all the time. So, yeah. Anyway, so you can go and check that out. I believe at viewster.com forward slash, what am I going to say? I'll put that in the description if you guys are too sort of dumb to type it out. Or lazy, because it's, it's okay to be lazy sometimes. <laughs> And yeah, also be sure to check out our previous Easter episodes with Hank because it was very interesting. We took some tablets, some energy tablets, oh, I think, oh, yeah. right okay. before recording. I'm not it's sure if you guys have that again this no. year. No. They were quite <laughs> disgusting, so but they did the job actually. And yeah, you can also check out our most recent episode on Dan Machi because that was an interesting episode that we did. We kind of review a podcast. Oh, shit. Like, we review anime. <laughs> 
It's been a long day for me today. It's cool. Review so. podcasts. Review podcasts. Anime. Make yeah. your own anime to review podcasts. Yeah. Make your own anime to review podcasts. No, oh, but wait. seriously. Cast. That's there. I just gave you a title. You gave me a title. Yeah. Someone's gonna steal it and make their own podcast about it. Crap. <laughs> I'm gonna take that out and I want to use that. Yeah. Just like, bleep it. Bleep it. Bleep so that. So no one knows. Bleep that. I'll just randomly bleep in words. Yeah. So people will think we're swearing. We're not actually swearing. Yeah. But we don't bleep words here unless you guys want to. Oh, no. Yeah, unless you just bleep random words and it's really funny. Yeah, like I'll me saying the word. Just bleep that. <laughs> anyway, hope you guys. Why that word? Oh. <laughs> just completely random. Have you been eating out in Soho a lot? <laughs> Changing trains there? <laughs> yeah. Especially if I bleep that out and you're saying Soho. Soho's quite. Yeah. Yeah. A dodgy area. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. A lot of. Uh, People can po- think. Pick a pocket circus. Pick and think. What they think. Anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode, and obviously, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. It's been a lot of fun.